Welcome to eHealth Talk, a podcast from Health Informatics New Zealand and hosted by me, editor of eHealth News, Rebecca Macbeth. This podcast provides a regular roundup of news and views from across New Zealand's data and digital health sector. Please be sure to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Kia ora and welcome to eHealth Talk NZ. Thanks to the College of Nurses Aotearoa for sponsoring this podcast episode, which is the third of four collaborations we're doing throughout the year. Today, I'm joined by Jenny Carrier, Professor at Massey University's School of Nursing and outgoing Executive Director at the College of Nurses. Welcome on the show, Jenny. Great to have you back here. Thank you. So you are retiring from your role as Executive Director of the College of Nurses after 30 years and you've been a nurse for 50 years. So how has the world of nursing changed over that time? What's fascinating is that everything has changed, and in some ways very little has changed. Um, the Obviously the world in which nurses work is vastly different and has expanded way beyond hospitals uh, right out into the community and into, into such diversity of roles. And the pressures of the work environment have, have expanded exponentially. The thing that hasn't changed is the tendency of the health system not to draw on nurses' expertise as decision makers, as uh, people who advise on policy, as people who really do have an in-depth understanding of what it is like to be a consumer of health services. Over 30 years, you must have had a lot of them, but what are some of your greatest highlights from your time with the college? I think when uh, the, well, the first thing was establishing the Ministerial Task Force on Nursing in 1998. And that that task force came at a very, very difficult time when we'd been through uh, a strong right-wing government in the 90s, uh, a lot of disestablishment of nurse leadership roles, um, we had the Employment Contracts Act. There was a huge amount of despair, I think, amongst nurses at that point. And we also understood that we would be coming over the next 10 years or so into quite a workforce crisis, the, the workforce crisis which we are living through now. And the Ministerial Task Force on Nursing made some very, very clear and I think, insightful plans for the future of the nursing workforce to anticipate the things that have happened. The two particular things were the establishment of nurse prescribing and the establishment of the nurse practitioner role. And then in 2001, the Labour government launched the primary health strategy. And again, I think nursing and the college was pretty instrumental. Nursing stepped up very powerfully to say, yes, primary health care is critically important. Primary health care can't work without uh, effective nursing roles throughout the community. And so we were very active in determining what was needed for nursing to make the most of uh, or the most effective implementation of the primary health strategy. Mm. Yeah, we did do a fantastic um, podcast episode about the nurse practitioner role, didn't we, and um, the online resources you created for that, which were excellent. But what is the current greatest internal challenge, do you think, to the nursing profession? Sadly, I think, I mean, we're a huge profession and we're never all going to think and see the world in the same way. That would be crazy. But 
there is a sort of division, I think, within nursing and that there are lots and lots of nurses who are very passionate about their clinical practice, um, who really care about clinical practice, but are a little bit blinkered, I think, in seeing that as the only important area of nursing. And in actual fact, nursing is a discipline that expands every single layer, level and area of, of health service delivery. And there's a little bit of a tendency still for quite a few nurses to be a bit dismissive of uh, the relevance of postgraduate education, a little bit dismissive of the need to have nurses in leadership positions and management roles, um, a little bit disinterested in the contribution we need to make at the policy level and the political level. And perhaps a, a, perhaps a failure to understand that actually unless we do all of those things, we don't control the way we deliver our own practice. That's a kind of division, I think, within nursing because there are also lots and lots of nurses who absolutely understand how critical it is to have a nursing voice around policy table, to have nursing leadership in every organisation that can influence um, how nurses are deployed, uh, who's hired, who's not kept, um, you know, those hard decisions about staffing an organisation effectively, and also those hard decisions about resourcing nursing services. If you don't have strong nurse leaders then you don't have good decisions about how nursing is deployed. And so, you know, we still have that kind of rippling division, I think, within the profession, which I'm I'm probably surprised to see is still as prevalent as it is. Interesting. And do you find, does it sort of split along in age lines or is there anything else that sort of determines where you might sit on that attitude to nursing? No, I don't think there's an age thing there at all. I think it's just as likely to be new nurses as it is to be um, very senior or experienced nurses. It has perhaps to do with um, the amount of postgraduate education people have had, where they practice, who they've been exposed to, their personal belief systems. And I don't, I don't want for a minute to suggest that there is not huge value in the nurses who are passionate about clinical practice. I just wish that we were all respectful of each other's different choices that we make in terms of how we operate within the, within the profession. Mm. So how do you see that internal challenge being resolved or worked through? I'm not sure. I mean, if you read the literature, it's a global issue. Um, it's not peculiar to New Zealand. Um, it may be quite prevalent in other disciplines. I, I'm not sure. I, I mean, I'm not as intimately familiar with, with other health disciplines. But for me, my mantra has always been uh, if each one of us have immense respect for the choices other nurses make, immense trust in each other that we were each of us is making the best contribution we can in the location we choose. And what that would involve is supporting our leaders, um, catching people when they fall instead of criticising them, standing together in public fora, uh, discussing our differences privately. You know, those to me are just mature ways of being in a professional discipline. 
respecting each other's differences but trusting each other to do the best we can and whatever wherever we choose to be mm. and having that sort of unified voice or unified front to the government and public I imagine is very important that's critically important because we're such a large profession it's terribly easy for the bureaucracy or for politicians to say and they do say yes but that's not what all nurses think and and my mother's a nurse and she doesn't think this is that education's appropriate you know we, we're very easily picked off and divided and and we do have a lot to learn about about being a more coherent and cohesive voice in the public forums. Yeah, that brings us to our, the next question, which is about external challenges. So can you take us through some of those? Well, the very big external challenge at the moment is that we do have a significant workforce crisis, as does every health profession in the country and probably around the world. We've got to the point where the work, the workforce age has contracted and the population is ageing and the need for health services is expanding. And it's a really, really difficult situation for every country to deal with. I think nursing's made um, huge inroads into workforce flexibility and our readiness to take on new roles. We've done an enormous amount to align our education, both undergraduate and postgraduate, with an anticipation of health service need. We don't control the funding levers. And our, our, our undergraduate education and our postgraduate education is abysmally funded. We could do so much better. Most nursing programs run on a shoestring. Nurse practitioner education, whilst recently increased, which is fantastic, is still a drop in the ocean compared with the investment that's made in general practitioner training and medical education generally. So, And yet we have limited ability um, to control that. I think another external factor which creates significant difficulty is that sort of persistent lack of valuing of nursing. I think there's quite a gendered issue. Nurses are largely women. Um, the media very often don't take nursing seriously. It's always been of interest to me that the media will contact me frequently over what I would might see as industrial issues or uh, shock horror issues when there are staffing problems, but they don't seek out nursing voices about critical health service delivery decision making. You know, how are services best designed? How are services best delivered? They tend to go to medicine still for those kinds of decisions. And we've worked really hard to change that, but not been particularly successful. And I think that's very much a, a um, gendered issue. And it has a an effect, I think, on nursing in, in that it creates a persistent feeling that nursing is not taken seriously in, in the wider health domain. And I think that influences actually how nurses behave. And that translates into quite a lot of sort of internal difficulties, I think, within in working environments. What one of the thing one of the ways I would summarize this is to say that it's really time that the whole health service recognised nursing as a resource for investment, rather than, as often happens, seeing it as a cost to be pruned. You know, whenever there's a budget blowout, people think, oh, my goodness, we're spending so much on nurses, we must be able to cut that somewhere. 
Whereas, in fact, what the international data shows us is that the more you invest in nurses, the more you reduce costs on adverse events and longer hospital stays and unnecessary hospital admissions. And so somehow we've not been able to change that discourse around. Do you think as these challenges have changed or not changed as well over time, how's that shaped the response from the College of Nurses? You said you've been doing a lot of work in this space. So how do you try and change your relationship with the media, change the way that, um, you know, the government listens to your voice? Well, in terms of government and the bureaucracy, we are doing a lot of work in trying to um, run workshops uh, you know, giving nurses a really good education and understanding the policy process, understanding how government works, uh, really just increasing that expertise and awareness for nurses as, as to how to operate effectively in that domain. Um, in terms of the media, I really probably don't really, I really don't know how to change that. I'm stunned that young women who I would expect have a strong feminist consciousness, have only recently done their education as journalists, I'm amazed that they still frequently say to me, what do the doctors think about this? I I just don't understand why young journalists still have what seems to me exactly the same approach that I experienced 20 years ago in terms of not recognising the knowledge and value of of a nursing voice to health service delivery. And I don't know the answer as to how to change that. Mm, Yeah, it's interesting there hasn't been that cultural shift. I know that in terms of policy, you've also run some courses around around that and bringing nurses through and, and something we've talked about on a previous podcast was about, key thing for that was about the language understanding of the language you need to use at that level and the approach you need to take. I thought that was particularly interesting. And feedback from nurses who have done those workshops has been really exciting. And I I believe if we keep going and develop an increasing cohort of nurses who've had that training, I think that will have quite a powerful difference. I'm I'm really excited mm. by that. How many nurses will have gone through that over the year, do you know, the training? I think about 25, which feels like very few, but actually they're mostly all nurses in key leadership positions, and so their, their potential to make a difference is very high. Mm, fantastic. And we've obviously had a huge change in the health system of late with the creation of Te Whatu Order Health New Zealand and Te Akafai Order. How has that impacted on the role of nurses and whether their voices are heard when decisions are made about the health system? It's probably too early to answer that. Um, I am very, very um, personally pleased with the dual health authorities and the emergence of a real partnership around decision-making for Māori and non-Māori. That, I think, is a, a huge step forward. In terms of the role of nurses, I think a number of us would say that uh, appointments have been made that we are not engaged in understanding or making, and that exacerbates a, a frequently felt sense of powerlessness. It's really too early to tell, but I don't 
as yet see anything that excites me in terms of access to real decision-making and real authority over how nursing is funded, deployed, utilised, etc. So trying to remain hopeful at this stage and optimistic. <laughs> hmm. Have you seen a change in attitude in terms of nurses across districts at different hospitals feeling they're in the same organisation, they're on the same team? So, you know, sometimes there are sort of regional barriers and challenges that um, can prevent, you know, a more unified approach, perhaps those breaking down when people feel that they all belong in one organisation? I think it's too early for that. And also people are coming out of what has been one of the most difficult winters ever uh, for frontline health professionals. So I suspect really that none of them have had a chance yet to look up and around and and realise what new connections, what new pathways and processes there might be. I think most people have gone to work in the last four or five months and been focused on survival and trying to make sure that everybody gets the appropriate level of care. So I, I, I really don't know that anybody would answer that question at this point. So a key pillar of the health reforms is to use technology to provide care closer to home. How important is the ability to upskill and embrace the use of data and digital services to the future of nursing? I think that's been critically important for a long time, and I think it's an area where we need to pay more attention. Uh, and But that would loop back to one of my earlier comments that because we run our nursing degree programs really on such a shoestring and the three-year program is extremely crammed with content, um, it's my very strong belief that the nursing degree should be four years long, at, at, you know, at a minimum. When you think of the diversity of roles that nurses can go into at the end of that degree, um, we're constantly struggling with recognising additional things that need to be dealt with in the degree, but simply not having room to do it. And I I think an increased focus on technology is is absolutely at the top of that list. Mm. So overall, what's your hope or vision for the future of nursing in New Zealand? There are some slightly disturbing comments that current nurses are shying away from leadership roles uh, because they see leadership is just too hard and too challenging in the current environment and we really need my hope is that a a whole new cohort of energetic bright visionary young nurses will uh, with a strongly feminist and gendered understanding of how the world operates and with excellent training and understanding policy and government will step up and and really lead 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 forward because we have less active uh, leaders. I want to make a distinction here. We've got lots of nurse leaders in organisations, but it's about having professional disciplinary leaders who are dealing with the kinds of, uh, you know, giving policy advice, giving advice to government, um, writing submissions, sitting on um, decision-making tables. And currently organisational leaders are really stressed to have time to do that as well. 
And so my hope is that we are able to make a much greater contribution in that set, those settings. Well, on that vision for the future, I will wrap it up today. Thank you, Jenny, for joining me. It's been a great discussion and for your service to the nursing sector. I'm sure everyone listening is very grateful. Uh, for that and yeah thanks to the listeners as well if you can take the time to like and subscribe to this podcast that will help other people to find us and we look forward to our fourth installment of our podcast series with the college of nurses later in the year thanks for listening to e-health talk be sure to subscribe and share with your colleagues and friends e-health talk e-health news and the e-health tv webinar series are supported by health informatics new zealand See hins.org.nz for more information and become a member starting at just $17 a month. We also have affordable organisational membership options now for both our industry partners and healthcare providers.